not all Pats fans are necessarily disappointed at the at the idea of the Patriots picking later on the draft board. But I'll be honest with you, Ryan, I'm depressed about this. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. I'm looking at this team. I don't trust Bailey Zappi. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I get it. I know that there's this groundswell of support here for Bailey Zappi. He's the guy. We're, we're doing the Zappi mania thing again. But, Ryan, in reality, Bailey Zappi was not good during training camp. This guy didn't make the football team. Welcome to the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast, and it's great to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as I am each week by the great Jordy McElroy. Jordy is the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Of course, it's the holiday season. If you want to support us and our work on this show, uh, you can do so by simply leaving a five-star rating and a review. Subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Spread the word. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Uh, Jordy, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. How are you, my friend? Ryan, I'm doing great, man. Merry Christmas to you as well. Happy New Year. Man, I'm, I, don't, I don't know how I'm doing actually right <laughs> now. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm doing great, Ryan, but sort of on the inside, I'm not doing great. So it's one of those things after the Patriots, you know, slid on the draft board here. And I just don't know how to feel about it. I kind of wanted to see them lose and get the quarterback, but here they are. They beat the Denver Broncos and number four on the draft board, man. What a week. Yeah, I know Patriots fans are very split on this. They don't know how to feel. Uh, I think instead of being pissed at the team, we should be pissed at Denver. That's that's what I that's my opening take here is we should <laughs> like be mad it. at Denver uh, because you know how I felt about this game. You were more worried about the Patriots winning than I was. I thought Denver was going to win going away. And I, I'm just pissed at Sean Payton and the Broncos for that sorry ass game plan, that sorry ass performance. Uh, it, it's amazing to me, Jordy, that coaches, even guys with the clout of a Sean Payton, play right into the hands of Belichick. Like, you look at the snap counts for the Patriots at corner. Sean Wade played 86% of the snaps. Miles Bryant, 78%. Alex Austin, 65%. Jonathan Jones only played 52%. Out of that list, I would say Jonathan Jones is the best corner on that list by far. Yeah. So the Patriots played the majority of this game on defense with corners who should be like a backup special teams guy or on a practice squad somewhere, you know, like when we're talking about Alex Austin, right? And Denver decides not to really open things up on offense. So it's 23 to seven. And then magically they start having success when they stop pounding the football into the teeth of Belichick's defense or checking it down, which is what Belichick wants you to do anyway, throw it to the flats. It's like, what kind of game plan was that? So, I mean, I, I'll tell you this, like, the visuals of the Broncos fans there on Christmas Eve, just having the steak driven through their hearts on their season, Jordy, like it was kind of delicious. Uh, I kind of enjoyed that as a fan, but when you, when you, it is true when you wake up the next morning, you're like, wait a minute, do we just played ourselves out of the top two pick. Like, and I blame Denver. Uh, their plan, obviously the Patriots aren't going to purposely lose. You got to blame Denver. They came out with a crappy plan, right? What the hell were they thinking? Just the way the Patriots won was crazy. I mean, you see Chad Ryland trot out there for a 56-yard oh field yeah. kick right through the uprights. We've been talking about Chad Ryland for weeks and how bad he's been. Even in that game, Ryan, he was absolutely horrible. Yeah. I don't know if you saw – I don't know if you saw my tweet, and I actually put it put an article up about it. Bill Belichick's reaction after Chad Ryland he he missed that horrible four. I think it was forty one yards. It was a horrible miss. Like it wasn't even close. Far right, and it just zooms up on Bill Belichick's face, and he drops an an, an expletive there on, on on the television cameras. But 
that game, man, I just – I mean, you're right. The Denver Broncos, they just – they didn't show up and they threw up all over themselves at home, you know, where you would think at Mile High, which has sort of been a house of horrors for Bill Belichick and the Patriots in the past. But they come out with Bailey Zappi as the quarterback and freaking Chad Ryland, who's been god-awful all season, and these guys go on a game-winning drive, and they secure the win and knock the Denver Broncos out of the playoffs. Now, I will say this, Ron, Alex Austin – Rookie, you know, he's – the kid's been really good here for the Patriots here early on. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see his development. He's he's kind of he's, – he's really played well here early on. Miles Bryant has been good. And a lot of a lot of Patriots players were coming out and saying some great things about him after that performance. You know, he's been surprisingly really good. And obviously, man, we – you can't talk about that Denver Broncos game without giving the utmost respect to Christian Barmore. He's a beast. What a performance from Barmore. I mean, the dude's an absolute stud. I've been saying it. I've been saying it since he was drafted. He has the potential to be one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, and he's proven it. That was his coming out party. Three sacks, four quarterback hits, and to be able to wrap up and get home on a player like Russell Wilson, it's very impressive. So this Patriots team, Ron, they're just they're they're not going to tank. I know we keep talking about it, but the players they want to win football games. This team has not quit on Bill Belichick, and they're still playing hard. And we'll see kind of what happens down the stretch with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets next up on on tap or next up. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. I mean, Belichick's game plan was he just he knew what to do against Denver. He knew Denver was going to do what they do and. The, the teams that just kind of do what they do and don't really, they're, they're more of a scripted kind of team. They're not really a game plan based team that changes it up a lot. Uh, those are the teams that the Patriots beat uh, the Steelers. I would put in that category, right? A team that kind of just does what it does each week. They're not going to change things up a lot. Denver's that, that team, right? They're very scripted. Sean Payton has come in. He's tightened the screws. They were a terribly coached team under Nate Hackett and uh, Sean Payton came in and he's really coaching. He's maybe over coaching and over scripting that thing. And that just plays in the Belichick's hands. I mean, yeah, I mean, the pressure from Barmore, from Josh Uche, he played, I think it was the second highest snaps he's played in a game, almost 50% of the snaps. Uche was out there. You noticed him more out there. And you got Russell Wilson. He holds the ball. He likes to scramble around a little bit. And the Patriots, uh, it played into their hands. I mean, Belichick outcoaches Sean Payton by a mile in this game. And now, you know, Denver season is over. And there's all, you know, the, the, the Belichick debate for 2024 rages on and we'll talk about that here coming up later uh we, we always got to weigh in on that topic Jordy each week but yeah just back to that point about the Patriots playing themselves out of a top three draft pick I mean I got bad news for Pats fans who are rooting for the best draft pick possible and I was one of them right last week I said I want the quarterback I want the number two pick I want them to pick the best quarterback who's available at number two pick your guy I don't care who it is just pick them but I think number four is now kind of as low as the Patriots go, Jordy. I was looking at it like the teams around the Patriots, Arizona, Washington, the Giants, the Chargers, the, the Titans are still around them at five and ten. But I think the Titans with a couple division games left, they're the most competent of this group uh, with Mike Vrabel. I, I, don't, I don't think the Titans are that far off. I think they might win a game or two. The other teams, though, Arizona, Washington, Giants, Chargers, these teams are not. It's it's very unlikely that any of these teams win another game, Jordy. In fact, I think we should just do an eight-game parlay fading all these teams for the next two weeks and try to win some money because, like, week <laughs> 17, Arizona plays Philly, Washington has San Francisco, the Giants have the Rams, and the Chargers play at Denver. Uh, and I know Denver, we just saw them, and they kind of suck, but they already beat the Chargers in Easton Stick 24-7 to this year, and they're five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I, 
would expect them to win that game. So that's week 17. Week 18, Arizona's got Seattle. Washington's got Dallas. The Giants play Philly, and the Chargers play Kansas City. Meanwhile, the Patriots play a Buffalo team they've already beaten this season, and the Jets, who they own, right? So the Patriots, I think, are going to win one of those two. Probably the Jets game, right? Uh, Very likely, they'll finish the year with five wins. Uh, They're not going back towards number two or number three, Jordy. They're going the other way, if anything, right? So that's the bad news for Pats fans hoping for that draft pick. I know they're split over this game against Denver. Are you happy? Are you sad? If you're rooting for the draft pick, you're sad, right? Because they're not getting back into the top three. That's the kind of the verdict after this win. Yeah, and I actually, you know, I did a poll basically, and man, right now more people said that they were that, that they would be fine winning football games and keeping Bailey Zappi as the quarterback in 2024. So not all Pats fans are necessarily disappointed at the at the idea of the Patriots picking later on the draft board. But I'll be honest with you, Ryan, I'm depressed about this. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. I'm looking at this team. I don't trust Bailey Zappi. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I get it. I know that there's this groundswell of support here for Bailey Zappi. He's the guy. We're we're doing the Zappi mania thing again. But, Ryan, in reality, Bailey Zappi was not good during training camp. This guy didn't make the football team. And look, I'm I'm not going to just change my mind because Bailey Zappi, he he beats a pitiful Pittsburgh Steelers team that's completely falling off a freaking cliff, or that he goes in and he and he beats a Denver Broncos team who no one really believed it in from the beginning. I mean, come on, man. And it's even harder to give them credit for hanging around against the Kansas City Chiefs. Has anybody looked at the Kansas City Chiefs lately? That doesn't exactly look like the defending Super Bowl champions right now. So this draft kind of scares me right now. Some things to consider here real quick. So you look at the you look at the number one overall pick, which will likely be the Chicago Bears because they own the Carolina Panthers pick there. And are they going to get a quarterback? Some people will say yes. Some people will say stick with Justin Fields and get and build around him. Get the receiver, get the offensive lineman. Could that be the team that would go with a Marvin Harrison Jr.? We don't normally see receivers go number one overall, but it has happened before, you know. Then you look at the Cardinals. That's a team. They have Kyler Murray there. That's obviously a team that's probably going to build around Kyler Murray still. The Washington Commanders, what are they going to do? Probably get a quarterback. Could they Do, do they view Sam Howell as the future? You know, I don't – it's kind of shaky on that situation right there. But they'll probably look to get the quarterback. And the Patriots, you know, you kind of wonder, will they beat the Jets? Could they fall behind the New York Giants, a team that could move on with the quarterback as well? So who knows who will be left on the board, Ryan? You could end up with – obviously, Caleb Williams will probably be be gone. The Patriots are probably out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. But you you might luck up and run and get a Drake May or – or Jaden Daniels, who's also really good, is kind of catching up with Jake May. Um, uh, sorry, with Drake May there in the in the pecking order. So we'll see. The Patriots they might still be in line to get a quarterback, but in my opinion, if you don't get one of those three guys, if you don't get Drake May, Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels, then you're going to have to go after a receiver or an offensive lineman and possibly build around Bailey Zappi. And dare I say, Mac Jones again for the 2024 season. Oh boy, that is—it's uh, almost sickening to hear. But I think it's that's the, a great question, Jordy, and it's something that needs to be discussed. Right? What should be the priority in round one now that we know the Patriots aren't picking in the top two because that's off the off the board, right? Uh, it's not happening now. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the new mock drafts. If you look at the NFL Tankathon site, which I'm on all the time, refreshing that, seeing where the Patriots are, uh, they're, they're now at number four, and that site you know, updates their own mock draft all the time. They had the Patriots selecting Jaden Daniels at number four, but I wonder, like, should the Patriots really be drafting a quarterback with that pick with the current state of their offense? Not just their offensive line, Jordy, just their offense in general, right? Like, the skill position guys, obviously the receivers, uh, I mean, Demario Douglas is your best receiver. That's a that's an issue. Um, they don't have any tight ends going into twenty twenty four right now. Mike Gesicki and Hunter Henry are both going to be free agents, right? The offensive line is a disaster, and Trent Brown and Michael Wenyu are also guys that are up after this year, right? So they have all kinds of issues. They have all kinds of holes to plug. Should we really be drafting a quarterback and sticking him in this really messy kind of rebuild, this teardown on offense? And expect it all to work out. Like, couldn't you be running the risk of doing Mac Jones 2.0 where you bring in the quarterback? Yeah, maybe it's it's okay at the beginning, but eventually he loses his confidence. And two to three years later, we're like, we need a new quarterback. Like, couldn't we, aren't we risking that? Because that's kind of what we did with Mac Jones. You know, dropped him into a, a, an offense that, you know, really didn't have the, you know, a lot of turnover and not like a lot of continuity. Suspect, uh, skill guys, suspect offensive line, and, and look what happened. So I, I think, like, this is a real question. Should the Patriots, should their priority be one of those top tackles? Like the kid from Notre Dame that everyone's talking about, Joe Alt, the kid from Penn State. Should they be going tackle? Should they be going wide receiver over quarterback? Should they be building those spots around the position first, Jordy, before going quarterback and bridge it with a Bailey Zappi or pick your veteran, you know, uh, I can't imagine it's Mac Jones. So is it Zappy? Is it uh, is it Tyrod Taylor, who the Giants are clearly going to move on from uh, after this whole Tommy DeVito crap? Uh, Tyrod Taylor's an interesting bridge guy. Jimmy Garoppolo's always an interesting bridge guy here in New England, right? Like you could find a bridge quarterback. Is that the the move? Right, fix the line, tight end, skill positions, like fix all that, and then plug the quarterback in, or draft the guy now. I think that's that's kind of my most. I think that's the top question going into the the offseason besides the Belichick stuff is what's the priority in round one for the Patriots, right? Like, what do you think, Jordy? Yeah. And I mean, that's actually, that's a, that's a fair question. And that's a fair path that the Patriots could take, you know, maybe, maybe they go, maybe they, they keep Zappy. And then, like you said, they go out and they sign a veteran guy like a Kirk Cousins or, or, or even Ryan Tannehill or, or one of those guys that can kind of yep, come in yep. and maybe serve as a backup to Zappy. But Ryan, this is why, this is why winning football games hurt the Patriots so much because it, it is incredibly hard <laughs> to be as bad as they were this season. You know, we've seen teams do it in the past. You've seen it with the Indianapolis Colts. And when they were able to land a guy like an Andrew Luck, they had to suck terribly to be able to make that happen. And Andrew Luck comes in and they transform that entire franchise for a time. You know, you, we were kind of hoping that would happen here with the Patriots. You know, it's it's not easy to be in these positions. If Bailey Zappi's a starting quarterback, Ron, I can see the Patriots winning six, seven games or something like that. And then, you know, now you're drafted to maybe 10, 11, something like that, and you're, and you're still not in position to get that quarterback. So this was like one of those rare opportunities for the Patriots that might slip through their fingers here. Now, as far as the path that I think they should take, I'm sorry, Jaden Daniels is there. I feel like you, you have to get him. You have to get Jaden Daniels. I think he's a talented quarterback. I would even say that Jaden Daniels is more proven 
more proven, at least against the competition, than Caleb Williams and Drake May. You know, this wasn't Caleb Williams' best year by far. But the thing is, the kid has a ton of he has a ton of arm talent and the way he's able to make some of these these throws. I think people are kind of so in awe of the Patrick Mahomes comparisons. You know, they're thinking, could this guy be the next Patrick Mahomes? Or if he ends up in a bad situation, could this guy be a bust? But the talent is obviously there. Same thing with, you know, you see a Drake May, a guy that a lot of people are making the Justin Herbert comparisons. Well, you know, if he's Justin Herbert, obviously you want him on your freaking football team because Justin Herbert's a really good football player. And we'll see what happens there. But Jaden Daniels is a guy He's very versatile, kind of a new age type of player, can throw, can run, ran for over 1,000 yards this season. You know, obviously threw for nearly 4,000 yards. He has it all. He's a very talented player. Heisman Trophy winner, playing in the SEC, the toughest conference in, in all of college football against the toughest defenses. So he's a he's more of a proven guy, I feel like. And it would be interesting to see the Patriots go after somebody like him if he falls on a draft board. But, Ryan, the problem is if you keep winning football games and you let a team like the New York Giants get ahead of you, you know, let's say the Bears go out and they get Caleb Williams and then – and then the, the commanders, they get Drake May, and the Giants are ahead of you. I can see the Giants coming away with Jaden Daniels, you know, because I'm obviously not sold on Daniel Jones at this point. It's probably time to move on there. So Patriots still need to lose football games, and we'll we'll kind of see what position they're in and see what they do here down the stretch. I'm all for it. I mean, you know me. I want the quarterback. I'm just worried about plugging the quarterback into this offense right now. Uh, it's just it's just a little sketchy. Um you know, maybe. Yeah, if you don't if you don't get those three though, I'm with you, Ryan. You have to you just draft for the future. You get the offensive lineman or the receiver, and you start building from there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the fans would be excited about drafting the offensive tackle when you have your first top five pick in a long, long time. But that might be that might end up being what they do if they end up beating the Jets here in Week 18, right? Which the Patriots always seem to do. And again, the Patriots aren't tanking; they can't. That's not you don't want that in the DNA of your team. You you want your team to be out there playing and competing. They are. Um, you could tell it matters to them. I thought they would just, you know, kind of coast on Christmas Eve. Jordy, I was wrong. I was def- I was dead wrong on that game. I thought it was over when the Patriots had a strip sack on their first play. I was like, okay, well, we know where this, <laughs> know where this one's going. But uh, Denver, it's again, don't be pissed at the Patriots, uh, Pats fans. Be pissed at Denver and Sean Payton. They're the ones that blew that game. It wasn't the Patriots that blew it. Denver should have won that game easily, and they flat out blew it, as Jordy said. So. Yeah, let's let's look ahead a little bit, right? Let's get to the Belichick stuff. An interesting report by Mike Giardi on Boston Sports Journal. We'll talk about that one as well. And the Patriots traveling to Buffalo, team they beat, uh, and really handed them, based on the points they scored on Buffalo earlier this year, I have a stat that's kind of uh, telling and doesn't make any sense. And we'll get into all that in that matchup as well. First, if you're still alive in your fantasy championship match, congratulations, Jordy. I lost my semifinal on a seven-yard catch on the final drive by Brandon Ayuk. I had it, oh, and no. Ayuk caught a 20-yard catch and then a seven-yard catch to knock me out. So that was that was pain. <laughs> that was pain this past weekend. I hope other people had better fortune in their fantasy semifinals. Championship I week here. the playoffs, Ryan. Yeah, I know. I know. Tough, man. Tough. But uh, here's some fantasy advice for the championship week, week 17, and then we'll be right back. Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com here with strong plays for Week 17. If you've made it this far, you're likely playing for a fantasy championship, so best of luck in your bid to secure a title. 
quarterback Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carr has quietly come alive in the last couple of games despite being on pace for his worst fantasy season since being a rookie. He has multiple touchdown passes in three straight games and three in each of the past two contests. Tampa held him to a laughable 6.5 fantasy points on 37 attempts in week four, but the Bucs have yielded the fifth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks on the year. In the last three weeks, this matchup is 26.1% better than average, and the likes of Desmond Ritter and Jordan Love have each topped 22 fantasy points. On the year, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, and CJ Stroud all have gone north of 30 against the Buccaneers. Carr is a pretty safe bet for at least 22 to 24 fantasy points. Running back Javante Williams, Denver Broncos versus Los Angeles Chargers. We should see a little more reliance on the running game, with this being a favorable matchup and the benching of Russell Wilson for Jarrett Stidham. The Bolts have allowed backs to average the 8th most yards per game on the ground, and three scores in the last five weeks have come against this defense, including one to Williams in Week 14. The season-long outlook heavily favors the Broncos here. Only eight teams have been softer versus the position, and this is a good matchup for checkdown bonus points and PPR scoring. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel, Washington Commanders versus San Francisco 49ers. Samuel has been a lot of all or nothing in the last two months, going for just three points in the most recent contest. He has only two touchdowns since week six, both of which came in week 15. Fortunately, one of those came from the hand of Jacoby Brissett, who has been named the starter versus San Francisco. The matchup is not terrible, and there's obvious reason to expect the Commanders will be forced into a pass-heavy script here. Consider him a risk-reward wide receiver three in deeper playoff leagues, and he's also a nice pivot for a cheap punt play in DFS. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Detroit Lions. Ferguson's role has been impressively consistent with exactly eight targets in each of the last four games. He has a floor of eight and a half PPR points in that time, and that's actually a little more impressive with just one of his last 25 catches going into the end zone. The Lions have yielded tight ends two scores over the last 21 catches granted, which checks in as the 12th highest ratio. The overall matchup profile is quality, but it's also stronger in non-PPR scoring, so keep that in mind. This one could turn into a shootout, which adds a little bit of hope for a bigger day than expected. Happy New Year wishes from everyone on the Huddle staff. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back, and before we get into this game against the Bills, uh, question for you, Jordy. Is Belichick making the inevitable even harder on the crafts, right? We, they've, they've now upset a pair of playoff hopefuls on the road in the Steelers and the Broncos. They played the Chiefs respectively enough. I, I agree with you. That's not the same Chiefs team. Uh, but it was, you know, they played them respectably. They are definitely playing better football and offense since the switch to Bailey Zappi. I think you have to wonder now what we were bitching about months ago and why wouldn't you make the switch sooner? They could have made the, they could have made the switch to Zappi five weeks sooner. And this could be a whole different season. But uh, you mentioned this earlier. Mike Giardi had a report on Boston Sports Journal that Belichick has, quote, expressed doubt about his future in New England to the staff at various points over the last few weeks. So that's backing an NFL Network. Um, and then he also, I'm sorry, backed an NFL Network report that Belichick has not yet sat down with ownership to discuss said future in New England. So this feel, doesn't this feel super, like, dysfunctional, Jordy? Right? Like, what are we doing here? Are we tiptoeing around the elephant in the room during work hours and then just like leaking info to the media at night about each side. Is that what we're doing here? Like have the crafts already kind of botched this whole situation by not just getting ahead of it and letting this play out, not really even talking to Belichick. I mean, this is another angle to this topic that we haven't really discussed yet. What do you think? What do you think about the Giardi report that Belichick's expressing doubt, but he hasn't, he, he still has not sat down with ownership to discuss the future. Yeah. I think this is just probably what Belichick is it's sort of feeling, I don't think Belichick knows what's going on, obviously. And Ryan, I mean, I guess you could kind of compare it to maybe a 24 year marriage, you know, maybe 
Maybe maybe Belichick's getting a cold shoulder treatment. I don't yeah, know. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm kind of guessing here. You know, you kind of you kind of get that feeling that your significant other. They're just things. The the feeling in a room just isn't the same. Like something try- something's off. You start trying you to break into like- their email to try to like sniff around. Like, right, what are you doing on your? Are you really going to yoga class? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right on, right? It's just it's one of those things where you know Belichick's just kind of maybe he just has a feeling that something's off and. And, and and maybe he won't be returning next season. He, he obviously the report wasn't that Belichick said he felt like he's gone next season. He just said he's expressing doubt with his future with the Patriots. And one one interesting topic that I thought that um, Giardi had wrote, and this was this was actually Giardi's writing. I'm going to re- I'm going to read it to you right here. He says, "If he won't survive." I think this is a massive misstep by Ro- by Robert and Jonathan Kraft. They could turn the final week against the Jets into a celebration of all Bill's accomplishments here and guarantee a full house for a meaningless game. Instead, by dragging it out, they risk turning and burning Belichick on Black Monday. That doesn't feel right to me. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, it, it, it's just it's a good question. You know, should the should the Krafts get ahead of it? But here's here's another question that I would throw right back. It's you know, would it even matter? Like like, would Belichick want to have a celebratory week, a final week? You know, I mean, it's not like Belichick is going to, is going out on his own terms, right? He's still getting fired. Right. <laughs> there's no there's no printing this thing up. You know, a firing is a firing, and I get that the team would want to celebrate him in the final week, but I would think Belichick would probably just pref- just to prefer to kind of do his job and then move on to his next situation, coach his career out, and then maybe come back later on down the road and we get the celebration or, or whatnot. But still, I thought that was a really interesting point from Giardi. But, but yeah, I do. I, I think Belichick is making this incredibly hard on, on Kraft. It would have been easier if the Patriots continued to tank and lose football games and Kraft could have just been like, well, this team's absolutely terrible and they stink and Belichick needs to get the hell up out of here because I'm feeling pressure from the fan base. But now – Ryan is starting to turn a little bit. You know, you see the play, you see Bailey Zappi on screen hugging Bill Belichick and not giving him the not giving him the scared handshake. I mean, they're best friends all of a sudden. <laughs> the crowd's getting into it, and you know, the crowd's starting to get behind Belichick here. Patriots winning football games. They're two and two with Bailey Zappi as a starter. And like you said, Ryan, this is probably a team that would have won more games if they started Bailey Zappi from the very beginning. So that's a that's a pretty strong argument there for Bill Belichick to kind of go to craft with. Maybe he can go to him and be like, hey, look, you see what happens when we have the quarterback, and if we can just get the right pieces in place, you know, we can turn this thing around. But then again, you get back to the point that Belichick has had opportunities to get the right pieces, and he's failed miserably. And is this a guy you want to trust building your franchise? You know, this could be a guy you trust as the head coach. And maybe they can come to some form of an agreement, as we've been saying, where Belichick isn't doing so much of the personnel thing, but he's doing more of the coaching thing. And I think that would be the better overall situation. But would Belichick be okay with doing such a thing? So a lot to consider here um, going into this final meeting here at the end of the season. And I think when they obviously those two get into a room together, that's when we'll find out what decision is ultimately made. Yeah. And, and when I, 
posed the question earlier, Jordy. I kind of editorialized it a little bit. I said, is Belichick making the inevitable even harder on the Crafts? So that's what I think. I think it's inevitable. But yeah, I think if you want to have a take that the Crafts could have cold, you know, get cold feet or second guess themselves when they get into that, finally get into that meeting with Belichick at the end, I, I think it's that's a totally fair uh, thing to wonder as a Patriots fan right now. I think that's it's a great point. And yeah, to, what you said about Jardy, that that you know portion of his article that you read, I mean. Can you picture it, Jordy? Let me paint the picture for you. Remember Brady week one coming out, coming out of the tunnel, halftime, waving to the crowd, yeah. saying the let's go. All right, so the team's coming out of the tunnel, week 18 against the Jets. Can you picture Belichick? <clears throat> <Sorry>. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat real quick for this. <clears throat> Can you picture Belichick, Jordy, sprinted out, waving to the crowd, pumping the fist, let's go, running to the podium, doing a little speech. Can you can you picture that before a game against the Jets, the, probably the franchise he hates the most? Uh, just like, can you, do you think in a million years that's possible for the big celebration? No chance. No, 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 ch- no, no. chance. No chance. It's fun to think about. I get Giardi's point, but I think you nailed it, right? Like, he's still getting fired. Uh, I mean, how cordial would it really be the, the, to celebrate this quote-unquote celebration before the game against the Jets? I think... Yeah, I, I think it's just it's a we, it's a weird, awkward situation that is going to continue to be awkward. And I would be stunned if Belichick's fired on Black Monday. I think it'll it'll take a little bit more time than that. They're gonna they're gonna work through it, and we'll continue to cover it. Um, let's get to this Bills game, Jordy, real quick. Pat's traveling to Buffalo at twelve point as twelve point underdogs. I say real quick because I don't think there's gonna be much of a game. <laughs> you know, I think I, I think you're gonna get <laughs> Buffalo's best. Um, it's really unlikely, I think, that the Bills put up back-to-back stinkers against a lesser opponent. I think the Bills are a team that can play down to their opponents. They do that a lot. They'll blow out the Dolphins. They'll blow out the Cowboys, and then they'll struggle with Easton Stick. Was he named after a hockey stick or something? Easton Stick. Um, you know what? what uh, they'll they'll fumble a game against the Chargers, nearly fumble it away, but blow out the Cowboys the week prior. Like that's just how they are. That's just the Buffalo Bills experience. But I don't. I think it's rare they do that twice in a row. They. They've been dominating division opponents at home. They've won eight straight. So I think you're going to get the Bills best. You're going to have their attention. Oh, by the way, obviously the Patriots beat Buffalo this year in Foxborough's 29-25. That's the most points, Jordy, the Bills have allowed in a game outside of their game against Philly. That went to overtime. Tied at 31. So the Eagles had less points than the Patriots scored. They had 28. When Jake Elliott kicked this 59-yard field goal through the wind and rain... That forced overtime. It was a very unlikely kick. I, I still don't know how he made that. But it had that kick not been good, right? Had it not sailed through the uprights there to force overtime, the Eagles eventually won the game in OT. Had it not been for that kick, the Patriots with 29 points would have been the most the Bills have allowed all year. The somebody Matt Jones led Patriots. Yeah. Somebody explain that one to me. I just can't I can't wrap my head around that. It's hilarious. That's cr- it's crazy, man. I mean, it's just I don't know, but I can tell you this, Ryan. They sure as hell ain't scoring that many points in this game. This is this is going to be ugly. Um, this is, you know, last week I talked about how that how this Broncos game scared me. I don't feel that way about this about this Buffalo Bills game. You know, the Patriots, they already they got that win earlier in the season. I feel like the Bills are a little pissed off about that game. And I feel like they're going to come into this into this matchup and dominate the Patriots and it's go, it's going to be incredibly lopsided, and it tends to happen, you know. Bailey's happy and the Patriots—they're all heroic or whatever. One week they get this big win on the road, and then 
they, they go on the next week and there's no consistency and they get absolutely blown out. And that's just kind of how I see this game going. You know, good things don't happen in Buffalo for the Patriots, and they sure as hell won't be happening in this game. I'm taking the Bills big in this one, and I expect the Bills just to kind of kind of roll, and then we'll get to next week, which is the next <laughs> the next big hurdle for the Patriots if you care about the draft board. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to discuss. Yeah, I'm thinking something like 27-13, that kind of score. Uh, feels about right to me. I think Buffalo wins it comfortably. I, you can pick the Bills off, and the Patriots obviously did earlier in the year. I think late in the year, though, you get you get like MVP kind of Josh Allen, the guy that's kind of car- putting the team on his back a little bit. Um, so you're going to see him run more. He scored a rushing touchdown in four straight games. You you just get Allen when he turns it on like that. When he starts running around uh, like a maniac. Uh, they get really hard to deal with, uh, and he's running it. They're running it more. They've gotten more. They got more balanced on offense since Joe Brady took over as their offensive coordinator. Right, they're running the ball more, throwing it to their backs more. So they're James just James Cook's been amazing too. He, he's been pretty good. He was bad against the Chargers. Had a bad fumble in that game, right? But yeah, uh, I guess that game. Yeah. But I mean, the Bills when the Patriots played them, they were a team that really they had one thing going on offense, and that was force feeding Stephon Diggs the football, and it's changed. I actually ran the numbers on this. Uh, Stephon Diggs. So with Ken Dorsey. Diggs averaged 7.3 catches on 10.2 targets for 86.8 yards per game, Jordy. Which is, you know, that that's a lot. That Averaging 7 catches for 86 yards a game on 10 targets, that's, you know, you're feeding him the ball. In the five games with Joe Brady, Diggs is averaging 4.5 catches on 8.6 targets for 40.4 yards per game. So it's a major drop-off. The Bills are, they're winning more with basically half the production from their best weapon. And just I, I share that stat because I think they're just they're doing they're force feeding digs less and they're getting other guys involved more. And that's the key to beating the Patriots. If you're just going to do one thing, you're going to lose. Belichick's going to be able to game plan for that. And you're going to be screwed. If you could do a lot of things, uh, I think that's a, that's a whole different animal. And the Bills can go to their run game if the Patriots want to do that thing or they can pass it with Josh Allen, right? And attack you in different ways. So, yeah, this is just a matchup that I don't think it looks as good. I, I didn't like the matchup earlier in the year either when the Patriots won, but it looks bad right now. Never mind the fact that the Bills have everything to play for, right? They got Miami playing the Baltimore this week. So if Miami loses the Baltimore, the Bills can win out and win the division. So it's all on the table for them. I would expect them to win. Yeah, that's, that's a 12-point spread. I like Buffalo to cover that as well. So that's Buffalo's that's also activated um, Elam, their, their their rookie first round draft pick. So it'd be kind of interesting seeing what he's able to do if he's able to get back out there on the field too. Interesting, so, he just kinda, something to keep in mind. He kind of sucks. Like you said, so that would be a good thing for the Patriots, I think, because he he has not been good. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what he's able to kind of get out there. Well, the Patriots they don't really have great great offensive weapons either. That's so. true. I mean, hopefully Juju Smith-Schuster is able to kind of get back out there on the field, and Devontae Parker's been pretty good, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, it's like, who is uh, who is Kyrie Elam covering that the Patriots could take advantage of? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. We'll try to figure <laughs> that out, but yeah, Patriots fans hoping for uh, a loss that you'll probably be happy in this one. I think the Patriots um, not going to be a fruitful trip to Buffalo. Rarely is. But again, I, it's still you can lose this game, but you're you're not moving. You're still going to be in the fourth spot. I, I don't think the teams around the Patriots are going to help them out. So it's just uh, that's just the life we're living, Jordy. It, it was fun while it lasted. The the you know being in the running for the top overall pick before Carolina kept losing. 
uh, and then pretty much having the second pick on lock there going into the Steelers game. But man, Bailey Zappi, man, he comes in, he starts winning. Now he's he's wearing he's sporting the suit after these games, you know. He's he's <laughs> buying he's, office of wine and cigars, buying cigars, flashing the smile, yeah. hugging Belichick. You know, I, I, he is. Uh, we've we've got a situation on our hands. We got a Zappi situation. We do. So uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to play out the string and get to what's going to be an interesting and busy offseason, my man. But, uh, you know, again, appreciate you showing up during what's been kind of a rough year and uh, hope you had a great Christmas and get ready for the the new year, man. We're on the 2024 here. Yeah, man, I'm excited. You know, it's and and obviously I can tell the readers are kind of excited to move to move on into the offseason as well. Yeah, these these next two games aren't aren't as meaningless as they look like because obviously to decide where the Patriots end up drafting yet, but Man, I'm just I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for the offseason. I'm ready to kind of see what the Patriots do with all this projected cap space that they should have going into free agency. And then obviously the draft coming up. I'm just I'm just excited to see this team rebuild um from brick to brick. And hopefully, hopefully, Ryan, we can do better than we did when we got Mac Jones and trot that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, I I'm just fearing that it's gonna be Mac Jones 2.0. We just do the whole thing all over again. And in three years, we're like, what did we do? Um, I will so. say this, Ron. Jaden Daniels and Drake May are exceptionally more talented, <laughs> at least on paper, than Mac Jones. Doesn't mean that it'll end up better, but those guys are way better prospects in terms of our talent. So maybe that'll help you sleep a little bit easier. I will say your your commentary earlier on Jaden Daniels got me a little more excited about that potential pick. So I'm gonna have to go look into that a little more because again, I just haven't watched a lot of LSU. Uh, besides, you know what the talking heads are saying about these guys, um, I don't. I don't know much about it yet. I haven't really dug into the to the first half of the NFL draft with the projections are. So um, I'm going to look into this Jaden Daniels. You got you got me fired up. You got me fired up. I was I was a little depressed. The Pats, you know, I think they played them. Like I said, they played their way out of that top two pick. So I was like, well, now do I want the quarterback? But maybe I do. Maybe I'm rooting for Jaden Daniels at number three. Now you have to imagine Drake May, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be the top three. Uh, so you have to imagine Jaden Daniels if you want him. If he's your guy, you got to imagine he'd be there at four. You don't have to trade or anything. So could, maybe that's a good situation. Maybe that's a good situation, and you can ad- address the other major issues on your offense in other ways. <laughs> you do have a lot of cap space, right? So these are just conversations that we'll be continuing to have in the coming weeks, and and I'm here for it. But again, Jordy, always bringing the noise on Patriots Wire here and here on the podcast. Uh, check them out on the website and uh, we'll be back next week to break down Pat's bills and look ahead to the Jets. Happy new year. We'll talk to you then.